some of this week is going to feel repetitive, but there's a strategy behind that. And I, I think that it's important, even in the way that we use this color method of study and we're studying the same passage of scripture over and over, I want to use the model that Jesus did. I want to sit here until we get it. And so I, I pray that you would work through this week and that you don't mind repetitiveness. I, and like I said, I had originally written this as a two-week, or as one study, but I, I divided it up into two weeks because there's so much parallel between Martha and Mary. But this week as we study Mary, I want you to hone in on her posture as a disciple. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, before we get into today's episode, I have a quick word. I know you've been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. Listen, I know, I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, which helps you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I include lots of cultural and historical information, and it really makes these familiar passages of scripture just come alive. This is a great study to do on your own, to do with some girlfriends or even some teenage girls, and it will help you really gain the confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. You can find that on my resources page at shehears.org. And for a limited time, I'm offering all of my podcast listeners a special discount of 20% off. You can use the discount code hearing Jesus that's one word all caps to get your discount there are also some free videos and a leader's guide for you to get started again head to shehears.org and you can find the bible study on the resources page hey friends welcome to the hearing Jesus podcast I'm your host Rachel Grohl and today we are continuing our devotional reflection from each week of the she hears bible study and we are going to be focusing in on Mary of Bethany. Again, the She Hears Bible Study is available at shehears.org or wherever books are sold. So we're going to be in John chapter 12, verses 1 through 8 this week. Starting at verse 1. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served, while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume, and she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. 
And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't the perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Last week, we studied Martha. And there are so many of the things that we studied last week about Martha that are also true about Mary. And before we dive into this text that I just read, I want to also spend a little bit of time looking at Mary's perspective, kind of in contrast to the way that we studied Martha's perspective last week. So to do that, I want to look back at the first story that we considered at the beginning of the Martha study, and that is Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. It says, Now as they were traveling along, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but the only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. The first time we see Mary of Bethany, she is seated at the Lord's feet. And as you now know from what we studied last week, what we talked about is sometimes that fact just irritated me when I read it. And my tendency is always been to side with Martha. I think I shared that last week that I've just have more of a Martha personality. But again, like I've said with each of these women, I want us to read with a fresh perspective. And it's a little bit harder because we studied so much of Mary last week. But I want to consider a couple things that are unique to Mary's story. Mary, who is most likely the younger of the two sisters. And so one of the things that I explained in the study itself is that scholars agree that Martha owned her own home. And so also, and this is something you can used for other passages of scripture, Martha's name is usually placed before Mary's when it's written in the text. And so this is a way that the authors of scripture would portray the age of someone. It was like a respect issue, and they would do it from oldest to youngest. So what we remember from last week is this expectation that Mary had, I'm sorry, Martha had, that she should be helping with the preparations as part of the host family. And yet here we see young, sweet Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. And so she likely knows that she should be in the kitchen helping as the religious custom of having a, a rabbi in your home. Yet this was her teacher, her rabbi. And so sitting and listening to him was a place that she wanted to be the most. As a rabbi, and I want to think through this, not with our Western lens, but with our first century Jewish culture lens, as a rabbi, Jesus would have been sitting at a low table or on a pillow on the ground. And so the disciples would sit around the rabbi to learn what he was teaching. And this phrase, sit at his feet, actually meant to learn from a rabbi. So Gamaliel 
is who Paul learned from. And we see something similar in Acts chapter 22, where we see him seated at Gamaliel's feet. And so it's an expression that is used to describe Mary as a disciple of Jesus. And how does Jesus respond to her? I think this is an important key. He welcomes her. And anyone who says women have no place serving in ministry does not fully understand how Jesus operated. Not only do we see Jesus welcome women and include them, but he commissions them to do the work of telling others about him. So as we move into the rest of this study this week, I want you to remember the posture of Mary's heart. The posture of her heart was one of a disciple. So now we're going to flash forward to the text of John 11 that we studied this week or last week, I'm sorry. And so from studying, you know that Mary handled her grief differently than Martha did. As a reminder, in John chapter 20, verse 11, we see the two of them, and we see how Martha went out to meet Jesus, but Mary sat still in the house. And so given the context of what we now know about Mary, how does that change your opinion of what happened? Remember, we talked about sitting Shiva. And sitting Shiva was this practice of sitting in your home on the floor in your grief. So Mary in her grief, by sitting and staying inside the house, was actually following the religious and the cultural custom. And so the fact that she was a disciple of Jesus helps us to understand that perhaps she knew that she should stay put. Martha was the more brazen one, and she kind of dropped everything to go out and confront Jesus with her aggressive, faith-filled, confrontational style. But what happens next is one of my favorite aspects of the entire storyline of Scripture. Martha, who's still very much in her own grief, comes back to the house and says something to Mary. In the King James Version, it says, The Master has come and calls for you. And to me, that's almost poetic, but I want you to think about what that means. Mary, who is sitting in her grief and probably her anger and certainly her religion. Jesus pursues her to get her to leave that place and to come to him. Sis, I want you to realize that those words are for you too. Grief is something that has become familiar to me. In the last couple of years, I suffered not only the loss of both my grandparents who raised me, but also a failed adoption. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. And so grief almost feels like a friend for me. I've, I've gotten good at learning how to grieve, as sad as that is. Sorrow is an emotion that most people are not comfortable with, yet it's a normal response to our loss. And so for me, as a mom and as a ministry leader and um, just being in a busy season of life, it's always felt like there wasn't enough time for me to even grieve. And and we serve, um, especially if we serve in ministry, there's almost this prescribed amount of time, even culturally, I guess, for everybody, a prescribed amount of time that's okay to grieve, but then people expect you to move on or at least pretend like you're okay. The thing is, is there's nothing normal about how you feel when you're grieving. And for me, grief has always felt like waves. There are moments of calm, even calm days, but then there's these big waves that come, and as time goes on, the waves get farther and farther apart, but they still come and they're unpredictable. And so sometimes I feel like, Mary, I'm content to sit on the floor of my room and just be surrounded by my own heartbreak. It's easier than walking my grief out. And it's easier than Martha's reaction, which was to confront 
or be angry. And so my faith tells me that those things are not appropriate, even though the way that we get through those bigger emotions is by taking them to Jesus. But instead, I just sit. But listen to me, that place is not where Jesus wants us, hidden, alone, broken. Instead, what does he do? He comes for us. The master has come and he calls for you. In your grief, the master has come and he calls for you. In your pain, in your doubt, in your fear, the master has come and he calls for you. In your anger, the master has come and he calls for you. In your anxiety, the master has come and he calls for you. Sis, no matter where you're sitting right now, no matter what mess you're sitting in, the master has come and he's calling for you. God, I pray for my friends that are listening today. I pray that as they realize in the hard moments of their lives, when their desire is to stay seated in the middle of their mess, that we see a picture in the scriptures of you as, as you pursue us because of who you are. God, I pray even right now that they would realize that you are pursuing them. Thank you for being a God that not only finds us where we're at, but calls us out of that mess. I thank you for the plan and the purpose you have in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call on your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.